So we left off last uh, week on Dr. Mdala and Amanalif, and we had just discussed, we were in the middle of discussing the question of making uh, bread into a tafel, right? The rule of the Mishnah is that, that whenever you have an ikar and a tafel, the primary food and the secondary food, so you make the bracha on the primary food and you exempt the secondary food, right? This is not, this is not bread, habit, and it's not when you have a meal in the hamotzi, this is something different. This is not in the middle of a meal. I have two foods together. We could debate what they are. I have an ice cream sandwich. I'll take an ice cream sandwich. That's particularly complicated, but we could debate what is the ikar, what is the tafla. I think the ice cream is the ikar. Uh, generally, we would say you make a bracha on the ikar, not on the tafla. You make a bracha on the ice cream, not on the cracker. The only complicating thing about the cracker is the cracker is bread. Right? Even though it's pas of it's pas. So the challenge is, can the cracker, is it really genuinely tafel? Um, so the, the, the Gemara had immediately responded. This is the last thing I think that we read. The, 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 the Mishnah said that if you have pas and maliach, bread, let's imagine a little cracker, and a very salty herring. So the Mishnah said that you make a bracha on the herring and the maliach, and you don't make a bracha on, on, on the cracker. So the Gemara immediately wondered, and let's, we read this, but let's, just, let's go through now. We'll just continue from here. The Gemara couldn't believe that it's possible that bread is ever a tafel. Now, again, why could the Gemara not believe this? It's not because they couldn't imagine. If I walked up to anybody at the Kiddush, all right, do they have, do they have herring at the KJ Kiddush? I don't remember. They do not. No. What kind of... Constitution. There's no herring? No herring? Okay, you can get rid of half the other stuff. Herring you have to have. So you have, somebody goes, they take a piece of herring, they take a cracker, and so you ask them, well, what's the ikar here, right? If you were going to get one and not the other, what would you take? So everybody would tell you, I want the herring. Like the cracker's a nice way to eat it. It's a little crunch it. It's a little half. But really, I'm eating the herring. So when they come out and ask the question, it's not asking the question, how could pas be a tafel? You can ask any, any balabas, and they'll tell you cases where pas is a tafel. If you take a, take a, you know, a, 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 you know, a, a memories of Shmuel Bernstein's, I guess there's a, an age uh, difference here in, in this room. Who can remember Shmuel Bernstein's? Who can't? Um, but uh, I think online all of us can remember. Sorry, so, I'm remember. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Sorry, Sam, on the remember category. Uh, so, so you go in there, you have a nice deli sandwich on the club roll. Now, if you ask the person, what's the ikar? Well, of course the deli is the ikar. Now, probably people don't just want to eat the deli. The, the bread adds something. But if it were any other food than bread, if you, prob- if you had a deli salad, and you, you had deli cut up in the salad, um, and it might defeat the purpose, but at the end of the day, we would break the bracha on the deli. You know, probably even if there were more greens than, than deli, unless the deli was such a small amount. Um, it's not like if you have croutons in a salad, I think it's generally accepted. We don't make the bracha on the croutons. It's pretty clearly a tafel. But if you had the deli and it was a substantial amount, you make the bracha on that. But all of a sudden, you take Wait, the very same oh, deli. Rabbi Leader, yeah? really sorry, but this is really a device. I just want to pause you on this. Uh-oh. I believe I was always told that if the croutons were made from actual bread and you could see the form of the bread in the crouton, that even if they were in a salad, you actually should wash and make hamotzi on them, as opposed to being ready-made croutons. Um, the, the only difference between whether or not the croutons were made as bread and then, you know, got stale and were baked hard and made into croutons versus they were baked that way originally is whether they are genuine pas or pas of abikistin. But I don't think that affects whether it's ikor or tafel status. In other words, if you were munching on croutons, you were snacking on croutons, so if, I, I'm guessing, but I don't know that the croutons that you buy, pre-made most of them, 
are made as croutons. They're baked to be hard that way. So if you're having just a few, you make them as donos, and you don't have to wash it and bench on it. Whereas if, whereas if you cover a suda on those croutons, it's pasta bakistan, you'd have to be- wash, make a mozi, and bench. Whereas if it was the leftover challah, as I know some people do, that got stale, so instead of throwing it out, you didn't stick it in the oven, you bake it till it's hard, you break it up, you cut it up, you have croutons. So that's pasmamish. That's lily bread. So even if you want to eat one crouton, you have to wash and make a mozi if you eat enough of kazayas, then you have to bench afterwards as well. But I don't think right. that... It, it, correct. Well, no, it's only no. for eating it outright. That's what I'm saying. Marshall's well, question was... You say in the salad. No, but no, so in the salad, I wouldn't do it either way. In the uh, salad, I think it's very clear croutons are, are tough now. Uh, oh, okay. It would be a case, right? I just... You, you can... If you were here for the discussion before Sheer, you know, about something you would eat on your own after <laughs> that. People would... People would snack on croutons on their own. Um, but I, I don't... I wouldn't call... Like, I still don't think that you... I still think the croutons are very much a tafel in, in the salad. Um, whereas when you have a sandwich of anything where the bread is real bread, I don't think... Uh, I think that's pretty clearly eco. But clearly, you could disagree with that. But, Marshall, what I would say to you is that it, that the... If you disagree with my assessment of ikar and tafel, or the application of ikar and tafel to the salad case, so if the croutons were made as croutons, then you'd have to make a mazonas on them. And once again, you'd make a bracha on the croutons and not on the salad, you know, unless somebody would say make a bracha on both. So, in other words, the fa- whether the croutons are pasa, pasa, babakistin, should have no impact, should be no distinction between whether they're the ikar or the tafel. If you think that they're the ikar because people could eat them on their own, and that's even though they only don't, and you think that's sufficient to make it an ikar, then the, then the only difference between the uh, bread versus the croutons that were started out as bread versus croutons that started as croutons is what the bracha rishona would be. Okay. Right, but, uh, the, but, but challah made into croutons in a salad is an example of something that would otherwise pretend, like otherwise would be hamoti being tafel and getting no bracha at all. Correct. No, I agree. I think that's the case. But what I'm just pointing out to you is that, that the same problem you have, like the herring on the cracker, you're not going to make a hamotzi on the cracker. You'll make a mazonas on the cracker because it's pasta babakistin because of its texture. But it's the very same issue. I don't, I, if you think, if, if you take like a very restrictive view, which is not the Shulchan Aruch's view, but it's found or it's suggested uh, in the Divrei uh, Hamudos, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's the Tosus one of his two commentaries on the Rush. So he thinks that the Rambam uh, understands that this is the only case. Peyoski Nusar is the, literally the only case. According to his understanding of the Rambam, what he thought the Gemara should mean is that you go into the Shulkidish and you put cracker, a, a herring on a cracker, uh, even though the cracker may have the, some of the impact. It may be holding the herring, it might be you know, uh, reducing a little bit of the saltiness or averaging out the saltiness. He would say you make a Mazonos on the cracker. Uh, and if it were a piece of challah, then you, make a, you have to wash and make hamotzi. Um, but so that's, that's the extreme view. The Shulchan Aruch clearly does not pass in that way because the Shulchan Aruch gives examples. Others, it's just I forget what it, I, I was. I may have read it last week. You have a little rakik dock, a very thin crack or thin wafer, and you put some stuff on. I remember it was fish, and the Shulchan Aruch says that the, the rakik is the tafel. So they certainly go beyond that. And, and the, the, the question the Achron struggle with is. Like they say, if the cracker is really delicious in its own right, so then you might have to make a bracha on that or on both or something like that. Um, so, so it's not, it's, it's really, most Iker and Tafel cases are pretty easy to decide until you throw anything that is pas in there. But it doesn't matter whether it's pas or pas of Got it. Okay. But, uh, but then one last question. I promise I'll go on mute. 
What's the conceptual difference between a salad that has automated to croutons with curly tafel and a five-inch-high pastrami sandwich where the bread is also unquestionably tafel to the mass amount of pastrami, but nobody would say you only make a shot call on the pastrami? Right. So I, I think the, 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 the primary difference at least the way I see it. I mean, look, some of this is the par- problem with some of this is it's a little bit the Potter Stewart problem. Um, right? You, you kind of know it when you see it, except for you might be wrong. So I would argue the difference between the sandwich and, and the other things is that people, the person might snack on croutons, but croutons are not a real food that people eat. We, we'll snack on almost anything, but croutons are not a, a food that somebody would actually sit down to. I, I'm not saying nobody. In, in a world of, of 7 billion people or 8 billion people, you know, even if something is such an oddity, one in two billion, there are four people in the world who will do it. But typical people, typical people don't would not sit down and have croutons. But bread is something that typical people would eat in a whole variety of contexts. They would eat that bread not only with five inches of belly on it, they would eat it by might put a dip a little olive, dip it a little olive oil or something like that. A, a better question would be the following, and I know I know nothing about this obviously firsthand. I only remember what Rabbi Tendler Zechonovracha once said. I heard him once say this, and I assume it's I assume it's correct. He said that Wonder Bread. Does he claim that Wonder Bread, Wonder Bread, the way it's made, might, might, might not be chametz because it's not made through uh, through leavening. They actually blow carbon dioxide in to blow it up. And what he said was the purpose of Wonder Bread is to have no flavor whatsoever. Right? Bread, real bread, has chametz matz taste. It has this um, a sour, some element of sourness. That's what makes bread so tasty. The purpose of the Wonder Bread was to have no taste. So that when you put food on it, you got to enjoy just the food without the bread interfering. That, that's what well, that's what he said. Of, uh, so tato. that would, yeah. what that a clear case of tato. that might very well be a taco, right? But I think once you talk about real bread that's eaten even independently, even though you're having it now with five inches, you know, five inch thick belly in the middle. The bread still retains its status as an ikar because it's hard to make bread into a tafel. Whereas the croutons in the salad, we throw them in for a little bit of crunch and a little bit of flavor, but really, uh, people don't Crouton. normally sit and eat croutons. Yeah. I, so that, that's why I, I draw that. That's the distinction that I, I would draw. Yes, Larry? So, so but at the end of the day, the, most people would say that the wrap case is. Is it tough now, or are you saying uh, that's your? That's opinion? my position. I don't know what other people say about. It. I, I think the wrap, like the, the you know the wraps that they use that are very thin, that nobody eats on their own, whose primary purpose. I mean, they add a little bit of caloric pep, but their primary purpose is that people should be able to hold the food on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right? And as I as I said previously, I would never say that with pita. Uh, you have a shawarma, even though clearly the ikar is the is the is, is the grilled uh, meat inside. But pizza is real bread that people eat on a regular basis in all sorts of contexts. Therefore, you wouldn't say that that's a taco. But a wrap is not something that, uh, that, that, that people would ordinarily ever eat. Okay. So I, I think the wrap, by the way, if you look at the case of the Shulchan Aruch, Rakit Da, um, I, think, uh, I think that that is as close as you get as a parallel. Yeah. Okay. So the Gemara now this describes, uh, we're, we're done talking about Halach and the Mishnah, and we're going to get certain <coughs> legends here. First, we have a couple of stories of the Amorayim. Uh, this is a, I would say, classic rabbinic hyperbole. Amar uh, Rabba Bar Chana, he hava azlin and basreid Rabbi Yochanan. Rabba Bar Chana said, when we used to go with Rabbi Yochanan, I know if they went on a trip, mamechal peroskinosa. They were going to eat peroskinosa. That was their goal. This is the... Um, a uh, fourth line after the Mishnah. Amendal and Amendal. Verse Mishnah. 
Apparently, there was a limited supply of the Peros Ginosar. Ginosar, again, is the uh, Kinneret. Um, and so, Kiavinam Beinea, when there were a hundred of us, Minatinam Lecholchad Bechad, Asara Asara. Each one of us got ten, it sounds like baskets or something like that. And they bought, the Kiavinam Beasara, when there were only ten of us, Minatinam Kolchad Bechad, Mea Mea. We each got a hundred, either a hundred, again, it's hundred. Rashi says nothing, nobody says any. A hundred fruits, a hundred baskets. But every one hundred of them, again, maybe even the fruits, it could hold, it's sana is a basket, a sal, three sign. So it's describing some huge amount of fruit that they would eat. And we would eat it, and nonetheless, the low time ziyuna that we had no food. We would swear we hadn't eaten any food. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Of course you ate food. Now, mazona means something that really sustains. So apparently, there seemed to be kind of foods that you could just eat and eat and eat and eat. But they were sickeningly sweet also. Now, imagine the equivalent of like some of us eating chocolate. Right? You could just keep up until a point. Keep eating chocolate. Okay. Now the Gemara has some very interesting stories of the impact of eating this food. Rabbi Abou Achil Apparently, he would be, I don't know what, what this impact is, he would be sweating so much, or his skin would be so slick from eating these pears that the flies would slide off. It's an exaggeration, but that, that's what happened to him. Uh, they would eat till their hair started falling out. Rab Shimon ben Lakish have achel ad the marid. He would eat so much of them until he marid means literally go crazy. It's like he was drunk from it. If um, Amar luhu Rabbi Yochanan the beinasiya, Rabbi Yochanan would ask the people of the Nasi's house. They would ask them to send people. Vahava mishadur le Rabbi Yehuda nasiya ba'alusia basre. He would send some of his men after Rabbi Yochanan umaisin the beise. They would carry Rish Lakish to his house. Which is particularly ironic because Reish Lakish, if you look at the Gemara in Sanhedrin in the first part, Reish Lakish had a very contentious relationship with the Benesia. He once got up and gave a drasha and spoke about, uh, quoted the Pasuk about those who make idols of gold and silver and spoke about the judges who were appointed by the Nasi because they, they gave gold and silver, that they gave money. Um, Rabbi Yochanan seemed to have always had been the peacemaker between his brother-in-law and Rabbi Huda Nasiya. So, nonetheless, here the Beis Anasi is sending people to carry, it's, it's like the designated driver equivalent, to get Reish Lakish home. Okay. And now the Gemara starts to describe the... Why are they telling the story? Oh, well, because Peiro Spinoza. Yes. Ah, yes. We started with Peiro Spinoza is the snare of the Mishnah. Then Rabbi, uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Rabbi tells the story to Rabbi Yochanan, and then uh, when, when they would go and eat, uh, and then the Gemara starts to tell three different reactions different MRM had when they would eat and eat and eat Peiros Kinosa. Without bread, with, without crackers. I, I guess so. Without, no, without the salty, without the herring. Without the herring. <coughs> I think Rashi may say that, actually. Uh, did he? No. Okay. Um, from, a, from a previous mission? I'm sorry? This mission right here, the Hevi'ilofan and Maliach, the Gemara said, why, how can Maliach, how can the bread ever be a tafel? The answer is the bread is a tafel because you have to eat super salty stuff, which you have to mitigate the effects of the salty stuff. The reason you have to eat the salty stuff is because you ate Pereskinosa, and now you're going to go crazy, so you need to have the salty stuff to offset the Pereskinosa. Uh, yeah, but Rashi, Rashi says, Chashuvim min hapas. That the are more so, yes. The, yeah. So the question that the Rishonim asked, I don't know if I, I apologize if I didn't mention this last week. 
The question is, why do you make a bracha on the maliach? The maliach is not the ikar. Right. The ikar is the peris gidosa. Right. So you should make just the eights. So some Rishonim say, so the, the answer they Rishonim give is yes. In fact, you really, if you have all three in front of you, if you're really prepared, and you have your peris gidosa that you want to eat, but they bring out for you bread and, and, uh, and herring, because you're going to need, to, once you have the peris gidosa, you need to have these other things. You make just the Bari Priya eights on, on the Peris Ginosa. But this scenario, Tosa suggests this, is that when you may eat the Peris Ginosa, you weren't thinking ahead, and you didn't have the bread and the, and, and, the, and the herring in front of you, and if, the, and if you make a bracha, if you make a bracha, we, we've discussed this a few times, you make a bracha, let's say you're sitting down to eat apples, and you don't know that there are oranges in the house, and you make a bracha on the apples, you have an apple, okay, you think you're done, and then all of a sudden you open the fridge and you discover there are oranges, you have to make another Bari Priya eights, because you didn't have in mind like, if you have a whole, you know, a whole display of fruits there, and, you know, we're makeable to say, when you, if you know the fruits are there and you start to eat a fruit, unless for sure you've decided at the start, I'm not eating more than this one apple, short of that, we would say you make one boy praise. But if you're nimloch, if you change your mind, you're only going to eat X, and now you decide to eat more, even though it could be the same fruit, it could be another apple, you don't know there were more apples in the house, you would also have to, if you finish the first apple, and then all of a sudden you discover the more apples, you have to make another break raids. So in this case, I ate the perisketosar, now I realize, you know, pulling the fire alarm, I need some herring, uh, and then I need some crackers, so now you have to make a bracha on the herring of the crackers, and since the herring is the ikar, because you really, the herring, you're eating, you're eating now the herring to offset the perisketosar, but you can't eat the herring straight, because now the salt's going to kill you, so you need to have some crackers, some bread with it, so therefore the bread is tafel to the herring, and you make a bracha on the herring. But if you had the whole, the whole thing in front of you. When you started, you would just make a bari priha eights, and that would be it. So that's what that's what Rashi means when he says the peiros eretz pas. Rashi is thinking that you actually have all of them in front of you. The only problem in terms of Rashi is mavarech which is difficult, right? You have that's why most of the Rishonim. I don't know how Rashi would do it, but most of the Rishonim say, "Oh, this was a case where, you know, you weren't, you didn't realize that they weren't there, etc." Isn't there some assumption here that, that for Ikar and Tafel that we're talking about some kind of a mixture? No. So one of the things that the Rishonim... in sequence, then, I mean, you're really eating... Well, so one of the things that the Rishonim points out a pair. is that, is that when you have two substances, uh, we can debate what is Ikar and Tafel, like, but you have two substances. The Rishonim says explicitly, it doesn't matter if they're blended or if they're eaten together. That is called Ikar... Uh, that, that you still apply the rules of ikar and tafel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not if you're eating two separate foods. So um, you don't say like, like the easy way around it always would be you make a, you take each one separately and make a bracha. Correct. Right. The problem so with doing that is that you could argue it's a bracha shein right. right. So if you had other foods, let's say let's take my ice cream sandwich. That's another problem. Right, it just creates a different one. Right. Uh, let's say, the, the solution to the ice cream sandwich, if you just want to avoid all sveikos, is have some crackers, have a glass of water, and now you can eat the ice cream sandwich because no shaf, it's mizonos, it's shahako, you have both already. Now, but I'm, not, I'm not proposing that. Okay, as a general. Sip? No. Let's say you don't really want to eat the water, you drink water. And so, I, I, it doesn't, so it doesn't matter. The fact, you, that, the fact that you choose to drink the water, it doesn't matter what your reason is. Unless you're drinking the water For, because you're choking, yeah, you have to make matter. a shahakal on it. That's all. So that the fact that I choose to eat foods that you know, you know you there is right. Like when they tell you on Shabbos that you should you want to get to 100 brachos, so mm-hmm. you've lost a lot of brachos from the from the, the amida. 
because you only have seven brachos, not 19 brachos. So they say that you should be magrim peros. But what you can't do is, you don't eat peros, you have an apple, and then make a barifashish. And decide, 30 seconds later, I'll have another apple, so I'll make another barifashish. That's brachshen tricha. But the fact that you choose to eat the apple and the cookie and, and, and the carrots and to get brachos there, the fact that you do that because you want to make more brachos, that's not a brachshen tricha. Once you decide to eat the food, you have to make a bracha. But in the case of an ice cream sandwich, to say, you know, uh, I want to eat the ice cream sandwich, but if the ice cream sandwich only requires one bracha, so to make two brachos is a bracha shen Right, so the, the Lisa's question, right? Marshall, hold on, yes. That you take a bite yeah. out of each one separately because it's not clear, it's because you're not sure which is the Igar and Tafel. Which Reese's? Like a Reese's. Reese's like a Right. What do you mean separate? How do you separate? There are two different brachas on the chocolate and the peanut butter part. But you don't recognize the peanut butter as a peanut butter. Well, you don't have to recognize it because he uses I think he was at the rationale behind. You were most just. I mean, the challenging part is that doesn't really solve your problem when you eat it. Like if you have cereal. We would say you're eating the, the problem in that case. I think is you're not you're eating the same food that you were eating, so you're not eating something else. And there's an ikar and a tafel. The Ramosha has this also. He has it by raisinets, which I don't understand anyway, because the raisins and chocolate are really both haets, uh, and even the sugar in the chocolate, according to some of the gonim, is haets. Even though we had a hard time with that, and certainly hadama. So I, I don't understand it by raisinets, but uh, but um, but I, I think that it's not. I think it's not clear. I think you wind up with the suffix of a brachshin and tzricha. Uh, if you would ask me that, if you're really Masupas, what's the source for that? What's the source for what? That, that if it's two separate foods on your plate, one, they're both, you, you know, they're, you're eating one for the other, but you're eating them separately. It's not one dish. Give me an example. Like um, what we're talking about with the, with the Peroskinosar and the, so, and, and the, and the Malia. So, yeah. What's the source that you don't make two separate brushes? You're looking at it. This is our Gemara. That's the whole point. The way, we, the way most we show them read it. Right, but do you have to read it that way? In the Gemara is not explicit, but the Mishnah talks about the Malayach and the Tafel, and they seem to be eaten at the same time. Right, but but what, so what the, the Rishonim are assuming is that when something is being eaten only because of another food that you ate already or are eating now, that that's a Tafel. That is what they're all assuming. Right? This is a very far world from, oh, Ramosh is not the first one to say this, but they don't, they don't seem to grapple with the fact that it should be Rosh and Tzricha. And you're eating the same. It's not that I choose to eat some food I wasn't going to eat, and therefore I have to make more brachos. This is, I have a food. So if you ask me, the Reese's peanut butter, if you really, miss, if you think, if it's really a suffix, which is the ikar, like sort of here, then you make shakal. Right. Then the shakal will potter, will potter everything. Um, but but I, I like when I think about the raisinette question, it's inconceivable to me that any other shown would have said you make two brachos. That's mamish one food. I mean, I know, I know it's, not, it's not blended, it's coated, but still. The way, you, the way a normal person eats a raisinette is you eat the whole thing at the same time. Eat one thing no at the same time. Yeah. What's that? No right. Right. Okay. So you don't do it when you keep going, right? In other words, you, were, you would do that to obviate the bracha problem. But, but you would never do it again. You, right. You do right. it at the beginning, and then yeah. you wouldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the, now the Gemara continues. Now that it's spoken about Peyroskinosar... In a very uh, Peirus, you know, so obviously being described as this like miracle of Eretz Yisrael, it's this like unbelievable thing that's produced. So now the Gemara gives us a very odd place for the Agada. It starts to tell us Agadas about the mm, the overwhelming amount of food produced in Haramelech. Haramelech, I don't know what Haramelech is. 
it's this place in Eretz Israel. It's almost like a mythical place where everything is like giant. There are, if, if you learn the Agados in Gitten in uh, Kamsa Bar Kamsa in the uh, in the fifth parak, you have descriptions of things in the middle there, Har Hamelach of how how big it once was, how many shuk, how many cities with how many marketplaces, uh, crazy numbers, That's hyperbole. As is this Gemara. So the Gemara says the following: Ki Asa Ravdimi, when Ravdimi came. Merit Israel, he told Ir Achas Haiselola Yanai Hamelach Bahar Hamelach. Yanai Hamelach had one city in Har Hamelach. Shahayimotimi Menu Shishim Rebo Safle Paris. Lekotzitetena me Er Shabbos Le Er Shabbos. The people who had to harvest the figs that grew in one week, they had to, in order to provide for their food, or you paid them, you fed them while they were, while they, you know, when they were doing the work, you needed six. 100,000 um, baskets of taurus, which is like herring, some type of a fish, small fish. That's what they had to provide them. That's in one week. When Rabbin came from Eretz Yisrael, plus Rabbi those are the partners in crime. So there was one tree in Haramelech that Yanai had, they would, gozolos are birds, so the number of nests in that tree were enough to produce. Um, it sounds like there were three, three broods in a month, and there were 40 uh, saw, which is a pretty large amount, of gozolos. Imagine a minimal mikvah filled with chicken wings. Um, every, uh, that was, happened every month. When he came from Eretz Yisrael, he said, "Irachas Chaisa BeEretz Yisrael, Vigufnis Shema." There's a city in Eretz Yisrael that was its name. Shahayu Ba Shmonim Zugos Achim Kohanim Nisum LeShmonim Zugos Achayus Kohanos. It just happened to be this is like uh, the people who learn Yevamos. This is their dream, right? Two brothers married to two sisters. So you had eighty pairs of the following scenario, where two brothers who were Kohanim were married to two sisters who were Benos Kohen. That's what you had in this one city. They, 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 they investigated essentially all of Bavel. They didn't find a single pair of brothers married to sisters, except Ravchista's two daughters. They were married to two brothers, the Barchama brothers. And the Afagab the Ini Havekohanasa, and even though Rechista apparently was a Kohen, even though his daughters were Benos Kohen, Inu Lohavakane, the husbands weren't. Okay. I'm not you know, again, I'm not sure if the meaning of this is that the population of that city of Gufnis had to be so large that somehow within it we're so holy. What's that? Kohanim. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. I might. It, it, either it was an enormous population to wind up with statistically with that number of people, or you had some pretty funny shachanim in that town. One of those two. But I think the Gemara's point was the former, right? That right. the city was so huge that in this pop, you know, there were ten million people there that you could wind up with eighty zugos. Of, and if you want to know how unusual it is, they look from Sunada, and they, they essentially didn't find a single pair like that. They found a, a pair that was half like that, where where the women were kohanos but the men weren't kohanim. Okay. Fine. Uh, 
One might jokingly say that it's, it's either the dream scenario for the Mechutanum or the nightmare scenario. If they get along, it's great, because then you make a second wedding, and you don't have any more fights either. And if you don't get along well, it's a double nightmare. Okay. Because they don't get to the second one. What's that? With the first one. This is true, but, you know, maybe, maybe the uh, Shadchan was offering a two for the price of one deal, and they just they couldn't turn it down. Okay, and then the Gemara has two final Agados, which relate to, you can see how it's tied to the Mishnah, because the Melach, Amarav, Kol Suda Shem Melach in a Suda. If you don't have salt at the meal, that's not a real meal, um, which uh, might be might be the basis uh, or another basis for the Ramah's practice that when when you have a, a, on Shabbos, when you have uh, you, if the bread has salt in it, which most of our bread baked has salt in it, you don't need salt. But the Ramah says you should have salt on the table anyway because it's a bris melach. And I wonder whether or not this is a different source. Rav says any suda that doesn't have melach is not, is not considered a suda. Shemba melach on the table? Or so, uh, you know, it may utilizing. Utilizing. I don't know. I don't know. And finally, Amrav Chibarabah, Rav Yochanan, kol suda she'enba sarif ena suda. I don't know exactly what the sarif is. Um, the Aruch has an explanation that it's like sraf, which is really sap. And somehow that is that helps with digestion. Um, I would have thought sarif was something sharper than that, uh, something that, that burns, um, you know, like a little bit like you know, something that, what do they call harif, what they call the modern, modern equivalent of that. So that's what I would have thought he's talking about. Okay, fine. So, so just to go back to the melach, so you don't have to put the, the salt should be on the table, but you don't have to put the salt on the bread. Correct. You know, if the bread has salt in it already, this, you know, we learned that tomorrow earlier when they talk about uh, if you say hamotzi, if, you, if they need salt, if there's no salt on the table, and the bread is not salted, so you're supposed to, it's a hitter in the bracha, you can say have melach, have melach, even though you said hamotzi yet, and you haven't yet taken it from the bread. But then the Gemara talks about a particular bread, it says, less dain sarech bishash. This bread doesn't require any waiting, any delay, because the bread was sort of itself, probably it's salt on its own, and so on. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So now we get to the, uh, the final mission of the parak, and, uh, and the mission says as following, something that we, we've already learned this, we know this, then. If you ate grapes and figs and pomegranates, Rabbi Gamaliel says you have to bench, because Rabbi Gamaliel's position is any of the Shittas Aminim requires benching. Now, uh, at least our Girsa, without the parentheses, you make one bracha. It is the bracha of Me'in Shalosh. The bracha is called Me'in Shalosh, even though it's Me'in Arba. It's called Me'in Shalosh because it's an abridged version of the three main brachas of Birch HaSamazon. It happens to be Me'in Arba because the fourth bracha of Birch HaSamazon, which was a later institution, which is certainly not the Raisa of Atov HaMetiv, is also included in our, uh, in our, in our uh, Me'in Shalosh. Right? We have at the end, Ki Atashem Tov HaMetiv HaKo, V'nodelacha, so there you have HaTov HaMetiv. But we call it Me'in Shalosh because that's really the, the core of the bracha. So that's what Ramayim say, Bra'achas Me'in Shalosh. Now, here we touched upon this, it's just worth reviewing, the important question, which is, is the bracha of Me'in Shalosh Daraisa the Rabbana? Is an Ahamichya Daraisa the Rabbana? So it's a Machlokas Arishonim, actually. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, and the one caveat that obviously has to be stipulated here is if you hold that in order to be chayv and birchas hamazon, you have to have kedei sevia. You have to say, you know, it's not a, we, we say that once you eat a kazayis of, of, of bread, you have to bench. But that chayv benching on only a of bread 
the Machlokas HaRishonim, most Rishonim assume that's only a Chiyav Midrabanan. That was the Gemara in the third parak where <coughs> the Malachi Asharis complained to God and said that, you know, it says in the Torah, God doesn't play favorites. And yet in Birchas Konim, we say, We're asking, you know, to, for you to play favorites. So God says, you're right, I shouldn't play favorites, but Eichlo Esafanim Yisrael, Shani Amarti Vachalta Besavata, and Bedhei Machmir Alatzmarat Tizayis Ad Tebeza. I said they only have to bench when they eat, a, when they eat Kedesviel, when they're fully sated. And they are Machmir upon themselves to bench, even if they had either Kedesviel or Kedesviel is the Machlokas Rav Neir Rav Yehuda. So that, that, that Gemara certainly sounds as if the Chiyam of Birch HaSamaz are less than Kedesviel is only Drabana. If you assume that way, which most we show them assume, the Raman Paskins that way, I think the Shokhanar Paskins that way, we'll, we'll have a chance to talk about it in God willing in the seventh parrot, because that's where the, that's where the alternate opinion gets launched. Um, so, uh, if, we probably spoke about it, but it's very, very <laughs> couple of years. So if you assume that Kedesfia is required in order to be Birchas HaMasun's obligation to be Midaraisa, then also, um, by Me'in Shalosh can't be any more stringent than that. So it, so it would also have to be, if you're talking about, uh, you've got to be careful, because if you eat crackers, uh, that would be you'd have to wash a veg anyway. But let's say you had, let's say you have a cholot with barley in it. Uh, and, uh, and the cholot with barley, you're making a on. So if you, in order for that chiv to be, you'd have to eat kedeshviya. Uh, you'd have to eat Kedeshviya, maybe not all the Cholent, but enough of the Cholent, and eat Kedeshviya of all your foods, and then you would have to make, uh, uh, then the Me'in Shalosh would be Daraisa. Or if you're eating dates, you know, you'd have to sit and eat dates, probably a little sickening at that point, until you're stuffed with dates, and then you'd have to make uh, or you'd have to make uh, with, uh, which would be Daraisa. Less than that, you'd have to make it, but it would only be an obligation to Rabbanon. So, just remind me, I know we've spoken about this, no, there is a difference in the nusach of the bracha if you're in Israel versus out of Israel. Al Aretz Val Paris versus Al Aretz Val Paris. That's going to come up on the bottom of our page. But in terms of the obligation of of, of the bracha, I don't I don't think I've never seen anybody distinguish where the food comes from. Yeah. Okay. And some Rishon Rabbeinu Yona is quoted here as saying, "No, Alamech is all, all completely mid the Rabbanon. His proof is from a Gemara that we." Um, we learned earlier, it's kind of a funny Gemara, it's at the end of the first parak, uh, where the Gemara talks about if you started making a bracha thinking it was one food and changed to another food, what's the din? There's a whole machlokas that we showed what the Gemara means, but in that, in, when the Gemara tries to bring a proof to whatever it's trying to prove, it gives an example where you made a bracha, you think you thought it was bread and it turned out it was dates. And so, you were going to make motzilachamaraz, but instead... You uh, uh, and it could have, might have been even a, the bracha afterwards. It's not entirely clear, and so the Gemara said that well, that's you can't prove anything from the case of that, that case that the Gemara brings because since dates are zan, if you said hazan, you'd be yotze on dates. So what it sounds from the Gemara is that if you were making a bracha chrona on dates and you made the first bracha of birchas hamazon, that you'd be yotze. That's what the Gemara just says. The you made just the first bracha of birchas hamazon. You, so you wouldn't have to finish. Correct. So Rabbi Yonah says, well, you see. If Me'en Shalosh is the Raisa, if, if the bracha of Allah Eitz, that we make the short bracha, is the Raisa, 
So there, then it means that mita oraisa, you have to get in three things. You have to get in the land, you have to get in the food, and you have to get in Yerushalayim. And if you don't get those three things, you, you wouldn't fulfill your obligation of Birkas Amazon. A regular Birkas Amazon, you do not fulfill your Torah obligation if you don't capture those three things. That's why we have three brachas, Azanas Akol, Ala Oretz Amazon, and Bonei Yerushalayim. So Me'in Shalosh just compresses them. So the question Rabbeinu Yonah asks is, how could the Gemara say you would fulfill your obligation of the bracha achrona on dates, if you said Hazanas Akol, since That's dates are really sustaining, you if you didn't get the other two things. So some Rishonim say, oh no, when the Gemara says that you were Yotze, it means you were Yotze, you can now make a shortened Me'in Shalosh and leave out Al Ha'aret, leave out Al Ha'etze, Al Priya you can jump immediately to Al you know, Al Ha'aretz and so on. And you shalayim, and you can skip the first part. The Rabbi Yonah says, "Come on, really? That's not what the Gemara sounds like. The Gemara sounds like you made the first bracha of regular berakas hamazon, and you exempted the dates. So that would only work if you assume that there's no Torah obligation of making a in shalosh on whenever we make an alamish and alaitz, alagefen, any of those. If you assume that's just rabbinic, so then the Chacham decided if you said the whole first bracha of berakas hamazon, that's enough for dates. Okay. Why aren't dates and olives mentioned by Rabbi Gamliel? Um, I, I, the the uh, the the answer probably is uh, the 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 Talmudic expression Tana Kiruchla Leichshev the Leizo. You know, the Tana does he have to be like a spice peddler who missed out every single thing he has inventory? He gave three of the examples. I mean, it's a good, it's a reasonable question, but I don't think it has any uh, any significance to it. But he uh, definitely holds that is date. He doesn't hold that it has to that Vash is honey date honey and nobody eats date honey and Zeus is oil and, and nobody drinks oil. Uh, but then what about um, well no quite the contrary I'll, if anything olive oil you're more likely to make the brachos I mean uh, yes but you could have we talked about that a few, I don't know a while ago but that's not what general consensus is right no now. no, no. Uh, we, we assume what's that no one drinks olive well yeah unless you the Gemara had to work very hard yeah. it's on the first uh, First, the uh, daf in the parak, mm-hmm. they had very hard to find a case where you can make a boreh preitz on olive oil because nobody normally drinks it and it's pretty awful if you drink it. So they came up with this very weird case, this mixture where the where the where the olive oil was the eker, um, and, uh, and and dates. Yes, they don't normally assume, but l- let me let me flip it on its head a little bit. The the Torah uses the term dvash, but when we talk about bringing bikurim, you can't bring, even though it says honey. And by the way, it doesn't say olive oil. It says oil olives. It doesn't say shemen zayis. It says zay shemen. But, mm. but by the honey, the chacham assume it means dates. You, when you bring bikurim, we say you bring bikurim from the shivas aminim and there's a gzeir shava from Eretz Chitosora to Eretz in the parish of bikurim. And there we assume that whatever, whatever is listed as the seven, you bring as bikurim. I don't, I don't think we say that you can bring honey. You have to bring, you bring dates. So even though it says the vash, it means date. That's how it's understood. Well, syrup, I mean, not honey, not bee honey. I mean, no, 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 no. I understand exactly oh, what you meant. Yeah. But the point is, we don't assume that you can bring date honey. You have to bring dates. Um, you have to bring olive. Um, no. You can bring olive oil and you can bring wine because that's how they were normally used. So those two could be brought as bikurim. But even though the, to- the even though Dvash is the only one that the Torah describes as liquid, to be shown, the Rashba talks makes this observation in a discussion of the brachan food juices. This issue does come up. Like, in passing, he just does note, it's like, it's strange, because 
the one place, the one liquid the Torah does mention in the Pasuk is Drash, right? That you can't bring. Zeshemen, which hints to the oil, but is not actually oil. Mm-hmm. And, and Gefen, which is certainly not wine, it's the, it's the vine. So that you can bring the liquids. The Chachamah's perspective was, whatever's normal for that food, and the way it's normally eaten, is what the Torah is telling you to bring. So I, I don't know why he leaves out the other two in the Mishnah. Uh, I'm sure when I taught this in Shir earlier this year at YU, we, we discussed the issue briefly, but we don't have, and there's no particular explanation that we have for it. Can you bring olives, though? Or only olive oil? I presume that you can bring olives. Um, there is a discussion in... You have to look in the Mishnahis and Trumos. Um, like what you can definitely not do is that you can't separate from olives on the oil and give the olives to the Kohenish Truma because the oil is the more Meshubach form. Um, but if you were just keeping stuff as olives, you probably could give olives to the Kohen. Um, so I, I, I imagine that you can bring them. Uh, if, if you, I would guess, I don't know, I have to go looking, that the olives, well, maybe, maybe you could just bring them straight or you might have to prepare them to be edible. Right? I, I can't, it's hard to imagine. I never it's actually... They're all about the tree. They do something to it. They're... Oh. Same <laughs> with a date. Same, same really with a date. They dry a little bit. They're, they're fresh dates are right, like If they're right, they're not. Oh, if they're right, they're not. They're delicious if they're right. Juicy, though. Yeah, no, no. If you get right, when dates are right, they are delicious. They're they're even better than the dry fruit, in my opinion. They're just... <laughs> but olives are an edible. Olives are yeah, absolutely. I, I did once try when I was in Eretz many many years ago. Olives are raw. Olives are absolutely edible. You either have to turn them into olive oil to consume that part, or you have to salt them or pickle them. That's the only way. Yeah, there's a yeah. There, 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 what's that? Memory too. So maybe that was a problem. Why? They say that the Gemara says that the olives, raw olives, are bad for your memory. Oh, I didn't remember that, but okay. Uh, That's a pun. I did not mean that as a pun. I'm, tar- I'm sorry. Um, okay. So anyway, so I don't know why the Mishnah does omit it. Then we get to the most interesting sheet in the Mishnah. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Afilu Achal Shelek Vuhumozono, Mivarech Alav Gimel Brachos. So there are a couple of things that are odd about Rabbi Akiva Shita, and then the relationship to the priest. Uh, so, shalak means, shalak is a form of cooking. There's mabushal, there's shalak, and it, as Rashi explains, it usually shalak refers to, shalak refers to vegetables. So, even if a person ate cooked vegetables, and that is their meal, Rabbi Akiva says you make bircha samasa. So, there are two very odd things about Rabbi Akiva's shita. One of which the Gemara is going to ask explicitly. The Gemara never really explores Rabbi Akiva's shita, other than to ask the obvious question. Someone eats cooked vegetables and that's their meal? I know your mother always reminded you to eat your vegetables, but that's like the vegetables are the side dish. Like, there's got to be something. Uh, the Gemara, in fact, is going to reach the conclusion that this is talking about kruv. Kruv. Kelach shel kruv. The stalk of kruv is cabbage. Now, my, when, when this came up with this in Shear last semester, because it relates to the beginning of the parrot, we, we did a little calculation of cabbage and the amount of cabbage you would have to eat to get 2,000 calories. Um, and, and I was pretty sh- I don't remember now what the calculation worked out, but imagine this like huge head of cabbage. I don't even think it would get close. I don't remember how many heads of cabbage you would have to eat if that was your muscle. Like, uh, yeah, what's that? Gross. Absolutely. I mean, it's fine in coleslaw, it's fine in the salad, uh, but they did, you're going to eat that quantity of cabbage. And that's all you're eating, even if you cook it. 
you know, even if it's like in a stuffed, you know, like in stuffed cabbage, it's stuffed cabbage without the rice and the meat in the middle. Like you could, it, it, it's like. <laughs> so I don't really understand. I don't is even. The Rabbi Kiva being poor is a, you know. I don't think so because the Gemara doesn't see it as Rabbi Kiva. The Gemara will ask the Gemara's question on Amid base is the only thing they talk about the Umi Ikami the Dahavashelik Mizone. And the Gemara answers Mekalashokrov, and then it starts to talk about a Bryce that talks about the medicinal values of various parts of things that you eat. And it's, what's stunning is there's no discussion of Rabbi Akiva Shita, which is particularly radical. You know, my, my, my father, I remember, told me that my grandmother, Zechariah must have taught him. She was not a, she was a very pious woman, but I don't think she was so well educated that whatever, if he had a full meal, that he should make Baruch Salazar. That's a very nice idea, but that's not the way we pass We don't have not the Pascha of Rabbi Akiva. I mean, it is Rabbi Akiva Shita, but we don't pass it that way. So, so it's very hard to understand where did Rabbi Akiva get this idea from. Um, we're going to see in the Gemara that Rabbi Gamliel and the Chachamim, who disagree about what bracha you make on grapes and figs and and uh, and uh, pomegranates and and, and, the, uh, and the other fruits, they both learned it from the Psukim. There are three Psukim back to back in Parshas Eket. Eret, first one is Eretz Chita Usa the Gefen Usena Verimon, Eretz Zeshem and Udavash. Right? Those are the seven things the wheat, the barley, the pomegranates, the, 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 the vine, the, the oil olives, the honey, and, when I, and the, whenever I left out uh, figs. Okay? So the Torah lists seven things. That's verse number one. Verse number two is Eretz Asher Lova Miskenus Tocha Balachem, Lo Sesa Koba. It's a land in which you will not be impoverished in order to eat bread. You're missing nothing in that land. It's, its stones are like iron, and you can, you can mine copper from its mountains. Finally, if you eat, you'll be sated, and you'll bless God for this wonderful land he gave you. So the first verse is about the Shiva Saminim. The second verse mentions bread. And the third verse mentions the idea that you bless God, you thank God for it. So the Gemara is going to say that Rabbi Akiva, uh, that, that the Chachamim and Rabbi Gamliel's debate is over the link between the first Pasuk to the third Pasuk as opposed to the second Pasuk to the third Pasuk. But where's Rabbi Akiva coming from? Okay. I have a little bit to say about that we get to the Gemara, but not really. It's a, it's a, little, bit, uh, it's a little bit tricky. Um, okay, but that's what Rabbi Akiva says. Now, I want to point out something that now that I have challenge or question of the Akiva Shita, I want to point out something odd, though, at the same time. Do the Chachamim disagree with Rabbi Akiva? If you think about the structure of the Mishnah, Rabbi Gamliel says, you make Shalosh Brachos on all seven of the Shiva Saminim, all seven of those species. That's position one. The Chachamim come along, and, 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 but he's talking about specifically not grains. He doesn't mention Chitos, or he mentions things that are fruits. The Chachamim come along and say, you make a bracha achas, or if you want what's read in the parentheses, may inshallah. One bracha, you make an al Then Rabbi Akiva says, afilu achal shalakul mazono, so you have to uh, um, make shalosh brachas. Would the Chachamim disagree with Rabbi Akiva? I think so, yeah. Adrian, that's the correct answer. Maybe. You don't know, because what is really putting aside scriptural texts. What would you say is the difference conceptually between Rabbi Akiva's position, Rabbi Gamliel's position and the Chacham's position? Rabbi Gamliel says you make a bracha, make berchah on all shivas haminim, including the fruits, including the, the, the grapes, and the pomegranates, and the figs, 
And the Chacham's position is on the fruits, you only make a bracha achas. You make the, the abridged bracha. <coughs> so what is the conceptual dispute between them? We don't know what the no, 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 no. Well, no, no, no. Forget Rabbi Akiva. What, what is there? They, they have a very. I know the Gemara basis in Pam Sukkim. It's true in Sukkim. But what does that tell you about Berchasam Asim? What is the difference between Rabbi Gamliel's approach and the Chacham's approach? No, that the Mishnah doesn't say anything about that. You could stuff yourself with, with, with dates, fruits of some kind. I know it's not typical, but let's presume. But says Right. If 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 it's about things that that uh, if it's about whether you have to be sated or not, so the pasuk says you have to be sated. I'll leave aside the other position that we shown him. So, How else do you read it other than Rabbi you say it has to be? You have to. Question. Uh, according to uh, Rabbi Gamliel, yeah. do they do away with the bracha achas mi'encholos? When do they ever say bracha achas mi'encholos? Excellent question. So they've shown him the only explicit. Firstly, there was a brisa. I shouldn't say that. Earlier in the parak. Um, if I'm not mistaken, on something, the way the Gemara reads it, in the, on Daf Lamed Zayin Amid Beis, I think that, Lamed Zayin Amid Vav Amid Beis, one second, yeah, Lamed Zayin Amid Beis, the assumption is that according to Rabban Gamliel, when you eat non-Shiva Saminim, like rice, uh, like other foods, it could be corn, it could be other stuff, um, uh, it would be, you would make legumes, according to Rabban Gamliel, you'd probably make an Eishalash there. In our Sudya, Sam, the Gemara is going to say that even Rab- the, the, the challenge is the following. Pasuk 1 talks about all seven of the Shiva Saminim. Pasuk number 2 interrupts by talking about bread. Pasuk number 3 talks about Berchasamazon, Achal Tavasavata. So the Chachamim's position is obvious. There's a juxtaposition of verse 2 and 3. Bread gets Berchasamazon. Shiva Saminim, well, that's very far away. So that just gets an Ein Shalosh. It might be Doraisa, because it's two Sukkim away. It might not be the Doraisa, because the second Pasuk interrupted. Rabbi Gamliel's position is that the second Pasuk is interruption. Um, so then the question is, why does the Torah have to tell you Lechem? If Lechem means something made from wheat or barley, what is the, from a halachic perspective, what's the relevance of the interrupting Pasuk? And the answer is, that's for a situation where you were Kosei Sachita. If you chewed on the wheat raw, even Rabbi Gamliel agrees. You don't make afterwards. But we show them say, some we show them say there, Sam, you make main challenge there. Um, okay. So, but, so I think the difference between Rabbi Gamliel's position and the Chacham's position is Rabbi Gamliel sees the Birchas Amazon fundamentally as praise for Eretz Yisrael and the things that Eretz Yisrael produces. And therefore, all Shiva Saminim, which is what the Torah chooses, you know, it happens to be that, at least historically speaking, those were the primary crops. There are other fruits that grew, other things that grew, but the primary foods that grew in Eretz Yisrael were the Shiva Saminim. That's why the Torah praises Eretz Yisrael for the Shiva Saminim. So Rabbi Gamaliel's position is that even though, clearly, and you were, you were going down this path, Josh, but I wouldn't let you go there, you don't normally eat dates as your meal. You don't eat grapes as your meal. They might be part of the meal. They might be a supplement to the meal. But, but Rabbi Gamaliel still may require today Svia, even though that's not primarily the meal food, because Rabbi Gamaliel says it's really about praising God for Eretz Yisrael. The Chachamim say no. The primary purpose, the Birch HaSamazon, is for eating your meal, that which saves you, that which provides sustenance. Grapes are delicious, but they don't provide sustenance, either in the fruit form or in the wine form. Right? They're things that you want to eat, but they don't, they're not zun you. They don't provide you. You can't live. Uh, yeah, I know the Torah says that man shall not live on bread alone, but man can live a long time on bread alone. Whereas, not spiritually, whereas, but as opposed to, you can't live on grapes for a very long time. 
Um, so if that, in fact, I think on the surface, uh, and not only surface, I think that would appear to be the, the conceptual dispute between Rabbi Gamliel and the Chachamim, so then Rabbi Akiva's position is not really at odds with the Chachamim. Because Rabbi Akiva said, okay, now that the Chachamim have determined that, that Lechem is the primary op- operating factor here, so I'm saying, is Rabbi Akiva saying that, you know, Lechem has two meanings. Lechem means bread. Lechem also means food. The Karban also described this God Lechem as Karban Ilach Minishai. It's not talking about a Karban Mincha. It's not talking about a flour offering. It's talking about meat. So Rabbi Akiva says, Afilu Achal Shelek, Vuhum Mizono. So you make Berchas HaMazon, because that is your meal. If that is your sustaining food, you make Berchas HaMazon on it. So it's not clear from the reading of the Mishnah alone that Rabbi Akiva really is at odds with the Chachamim. Because remember, Rabbi Gam, he's got odds with Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel says, Shiva Saminim gets Shalosh Brachos. And you can infer from that anything that's not Shiva Saminim does not get Shalosh Brachos. But the Chachamim don't say what gets Shalosh Brachos, what gets Berchas HaMazon. The Chachamim say that the fruits that you're talking about don't get Berchas HaMazon. Right? He said these fruits are shalosh brachos, are full berchas hamazon. And Rabbi and, and Chachamim say, no, those fruits are brachachas, because they're not meal food. They don't make a meal out of them. So now, you don't know where Rabbi Akiva stands with respect to that. You don't know. Note also that from a, a um, historical perspective, Rabbi Akiva is one generation after Rabbi He certainly, they know each other. He has interaction, but the Chachamim and Rabbi Gamliel form, we don't know the Chachamim's names, but we assume that Rabbi Gamliel's contemporaries. So that's really generation one, and then Rabbi Akiva is generation two. So even in the structure of the Mishnah, you have two opinions of contemporaries. When Rabbi Akiva comes along, he could very well not be arguing on the Chachamim, but qualifying or expanding on their position. But from a logical perspective, it's certainly it's not in opposition to the Chacham's position, because we don't really know what the Chacham's position is. We know what it's not. We know that the Chacham's position is that things that are Shiva Saminim, but don't actually sustain you, you don't make Perchas on that. It is possible that the Chacham's position is that you need both Shiva Saminim and sustaining food, which would be limited to Lechem literally, in which case Rabbi Akiva is disagreeing. But in terms of Pshat and Mishra, it's not clear there's a disagreement. The Gemara has nothing to say about Rabbi Akiva Shita other than what I quoted to you before, which is kind of stunning. And there was, and I'll finish with this for now, we'll resume, God willing, next week in the Gemara. In the beginning of the Perak, on the, on the first Ahmed Beis, on Daflam Ahmed Beis, the Gemara, in discussing the wine versus, grape versus uh, olives, olive oil, why does wine get its own special bracha, the Gemara reaches the conclusion, which we found to be difficult in the world of, of realia, that wine has the quality of being sayed, of saving a person. Let's just accept that for the moment. So the Gemara now asks, well, if you then koveya suda alayayin, if you eat a meal, and basically what you're eating is wine, maybe you should have to bench on that. And the Gemara ends up saying, we're not sure, because people don't, well, the says people don't normally do that. Eliyahu Navi comes and tells us that that is kvius, then you would make Berchas HaMazanarim. But until such time, it's so unusual that you don't do so. So I mentioned then, this is again a while ago, that it's a little bit maverick, uh, Rav Yol Benun, apparently if he has steak and potatoes, he'll bench afterwards. Berchas And it is said, I, I've been told, I never verified this with someone who's close to first hand, that Rav Aaron Lichtenstein Zechorovacha was not with bread at every meal precisely for this reason, to avoid this suffering. Because the Gemara said that someone who's, who's kovea a wine is but which we understand, because 
Nobody does that. But steak and potatoes, we, we are in a culture, we've said this many times throughout the parish, we live in a culture where bread is no longer the primary food, right? We, our, our way of eating, I don't know how long this has been historically, I don't know if it's just the last maybe century, but, his, but historically speaking, bread used in many cultures was really the primary source of calories, and you had other stuff on the side with it. Um, but, uh, but, but, but it's pretty obvious today that having, sitting having steak and potatoes, Normal people are kovayasudah. There's no question about that. And then the question becomes, well, then why shouldn't we bench afterwards? So Raviol does. Rav Aaron thought it was a suffix. The rest, of the, the rest of the world, I think, doesn't hold that way, but the question may be on the rest of the world. The, the, last, the interesting thing that I found interesting, which the Gemara never connects, and I don't think the Rishonim connect, is can you draw a line between that end of that Gemara and Rabbi Akiva Shita? Right? Rabbi Akiva says, Afidu achal shalak v'mazono, uh, you make Shal's brachas. And it's also possible that it's against Rabbi Akiva, but the emphasis is because of one letter in Rabbi Akiva's statement. In other words, if it's not normal, but it's his food, so that may be Batladaito Eitzel Kaladam. I'm reading a lot into the Mishnah there. Um, I'm reading a lot into it, but what is most striking to me is that nobody, I don't remember any of the Rishonim start to draw connections between the end of that Gemara and this Rabbi Akiva sheet in this Mishnah, which would certainly seem to go hand in hand. If this is a normal kind of meal, in your particular context, it's not but Ladaito, maybe you should have the bench. Okay. Drinking and eating the same category, meaning if you're making a meal out of something that you drink. You mean like if it were a liquefied something? The, the wine, okay. the sugar, it, right? Yeah, although that we would say there's no Kadeh Sphia there. <laughs> So, so let me. I, I'm going to just say one thing, Isaac, because it, it'll, it's a discussion we'll have to take up probably again in the seventh parak. There is a very odd sheet of the Mordechai that's quoted by the Ramah in a couple of contexts that if you ate a full meal, but you didn't, you're thirsty, that you're not mechuyev to bench midaraisa yet until you drink and you're no longer thirsty. It's a very interesting position. But what about blood? Blood is mentioned in the category of food many times. That, the, it, we use the term achila, but the Torah doesn't, ne- never uses the word shtia in the context. But that doesn't, uh, whatever. That, that is also a complicated discussion. And there's a halachic distinction between eating and drinking. In sheer, not in, prin- not in principle. Okay.